Welcome to the Cult of the Clock Tower. I am Andrew Nathanson. Every other week, a special guest and I have an in-depth discussion about a character from the game Blood on the Clock Tower. Or at least, that's what would usually happen. But this is one of the Traveler episodes for Sex and Violets, so today we're going to be talking about two different characters with two special guests, the first of which is the Harlot a traveler from the Sex and Violets edition, whose ability reads, each night, choose a living player. If they agree, you learn their character, but you both might die. Welcome back, everyone. Don't know if this is the first or the second part of the episode, but I'm talking about Harlot with Sir Capelli once again. Uh, Capelli, how are you doing? Doing great, and ready to talk about some shady night business. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, So the Harlot reads, each night... Uh, not the first night, choose a living player. If they agree, you learn their character, but you both might die. Right. So basically each night they get to choose a player, um, and then that person is woken, and they can either say yes or no. If they say yes, you get to learn their character, and if that happens, the storyteller can just choose to kill you both, which is quite powerful, I think. Basically just like, it's, it's you just straight up learn someone's character. Um, obviously, they have to agree to it, but yeah, it's a very, very powerful ability. I think it's the only traveler that directly relates in death of themselves, and uh, other than the gangster and the gunslinger, I think the only one that can kill somebody else. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, I guess there's there's scapegoat as well, which has to do with their, uh, their own death. Yeah, all right, <laughs> I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, for the for the most part, this is the most like it feels the most like a townsfolk kind of ability. I think of the travelers because it's it's just like directly gathering info. But then of course it also has the more miniony part of it, which is directly killing someone. It it feels the least like a traveler, I would say, of all, all the travelers, <laughs> which is uh, can make it fun to play. Um, obviously, apprentice is more of a not traveler because yeah. it literally has a non-traveler ability but um but as far as the actual like specific traveler abilities this one feels like you could just fit this in as a townsfolk and it would fit pretty well i like it i, I like it like i think as a storyteller running barista is the most interesting of course because um, it gives a storyteller a lot of you know uh, a lot of power and how to you know dictate the game but the traveler just kind of sits there and if the storyteller yeah. makes a choice that's like oh the demon got to act twice uh i guess we exile this traveler and the traveler's just like Okay, the harlot <laughs> has a little bit of storyteller interaction, and if they decide to intercede, the storyteller's or the traveler's dead anyway. Uh, but as the harlot, you get to make plays as evil, right? You know, yeah, and and it's like it's very powerful for both evil and good, which is which is always a balance you have to strike with travelers, and I think that harlot does it quite well. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like one of the very few travelers that also, if you're evil you can prove yourself to the demon that you are on their side, right? So if you're my demon and I'm the the harlot and I can go up to you and be like, hey, um, what's your claim? And then and the night I can pick you, you can say no. And then I can say, guys, I visited Andrew and saw that he's this thing. Like, sure, I could be big, you know, you know big, making a play there, but why why would i like target you i don't know and and i just think that's cool this, the demon can know kind of concretely okay i can kind of trust what's going on here yeah uh, because you are directly giving info that can back them up exactly um but before we get ahead of ourselves there oh, let's I go so into excited. the I'm uh, sorry i'm sorry <laughs> let's go into playing the harlot as good just because that's how we do this show and this is a mini episode of the show so <laughs> 
one thing I wanted I wanted to note is that the Harlot's ability is almost always going to give good information. It's only affected by Vortox. And even then, only if the Harlot is good. Or wait, no, even actually, even Vortox doesn't anymore, right? Because now Vortox is Townsfolk information. Uh, ooh, actually, I think you're right. Let me... Yeah. Let me double check. I've got the final grimoires here, but I'm fairly certain you are correct on that front. Let's see. Uh, Vortox, yeah, Townsfolk abilities. Yeah, right, okay. So I, that was in my head as like a holdover from when it was just good abilities, but mm. yeah. So Vortox only affects Townsfolk abilities. So basically, if you get information, it's almost certainly correct. The only way in SNV for it to be wrong is Sweetheart, I guess, but that would be a weird choice for the storyteller, too. Huh. Uh, you can't <laughs> kill the Harlot at that wrong. point. That's, that's uh, yeah. That gives me some ideas that I really like. Hmm. <laughs> I'll be using that at some point. <laughs> But yeah, so your your information that you get is almost always good. Of course, people are going to have a hard time trusting you. But typically, like if you're going to confirm someone's bluff, and especially if you confirm someone's bluff as you and they both die, that's going to make them fairly trusted. Like if, if you confirm a bluff and you both live, it might make people think that you're just an evil traveler um, helping out another evil player, because I think the storyteller is going to be less inclined to kill evil players with this ability just because there's fewer of them. But I think if you and someone else both die and you confirm their their um, character, mm-hmm. that's usually going to be a re- very strong sign to the rest of the town that they can trust that player. Assuming, like, you know, it's not great to confirm the sage, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not necessarily going to be useful, but um, it, it's good to keep in mind that it will be a fairly strong confirmation. And in a script where, like, a lot of outsider confirmation is very strong... Uh, removing a Fangu jump, confirming a mutant without losing an execution to it. Like those, you know, I, I feel like it's one of the few travelers that also plays with outsiders very well. I, I think in general, you just want to be looking for any player who would like, you know, would like to be confirmed and dead. Right. Um, it's pretty bad to get rid of a flower early or something. Mm-hmm. And of course, the power level also, also differs a lot whether you're entering early in the game or late in the game. Because early on, you're going to have more like players alive so killing off one of them isn't as bad but there's also a lot of townsfolk who want to stay alive over the course of the game um and get information so you'll want to avoid killing those so it's just like trying to pick your targets well um later in the game almost every good player is a good target except for the fact that you don't necessarily want to be removing good players from the game and like accelerating towards an all evil victory But, but i would say typically like Typically, at the end of the game, I'd still be pretty happy to kill a good player most of the time, unless it unless it really seems like there's a lot of evil players alive. Right, like you don't want to go into a, a you know kill the the harlot and a good player go into final four with three living evils like that's you know yeah uh, yeah. So you you should try to get a sense of whether or not that's happening. But if you think it's not happening, then I, I think that and then there's something to say about like what what travelers you put in play with smaller games, right? So like a nine player game with the harlot, you could easily get yourself in that scenario. Like the harlot picks somebody the first night, and you're just like, all right, well, it's just the first night. And the second night, their choice says no. Um, you can get things like that happening. Yeah, although in a nine player game, you're only gonna have two evil players, so there's not really a, ever a risk of well, that's fair killing all the, all the good players at that point. So with that in mind, if you're if you're playing as the Harlot, I would say actually if you're if there's only two evil players total in the game, then just like always be trying to confirm good players. I think yeah, uh, seems pretty safe. And I I do think that typically if you're picking good players, you should expect to die relatively quickly, um, because the confirmation can be so powerful if you're also keeping that person alive. That I think the storyteller will almost always want to be killing you at 
either earliest convenience or maybe they'll let you pick one person and then provided you are joining the game at the start you know if you're put into play in the middle of it i would expect to be a one night traveler and that's pretty much it uh which is you know kind of what you want your travelers to do uh or harlot's really great if you let somebody in early and uh then you know they have to be leaving and heading out you can just kill them and like all right well hey you want to use your ghost (laughs) today and travel away or whatever you've used you know the the ultimate effect of your ability you know you've gotten to the end of what you can do and you can also metagame this a little bit. So if you think that the storyteller is going to always want to kill you quickly when you join in the middle or towards the end of the game, although you probably shouldn't be joining towards the end of the game, but like if you're joining in the middle of the game and you expect that the storyteller is going to want to kill you quickly, if you choose someone and they choose not to, not to use your ability, then you can sometimes, that might mean that they're evil just because they're expecting that they're going to die. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I would say that often, you know, just somebody refusing to let you learn their character is often an indication that they're evil, because that's... Or like something like an at, unused you, artist wouldn't want to risk death, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like, if that happens, they better have some kind of excuse for it. Right. <laughs> you didn't talk to me about this, or you said you're going to pick somebody else, so I didn't use my question, so no, I'm not taking that risk. You know, and that's where I feel the interaction with the Harley gets a bit more interesting, where you can get that more social uh, dynamic in, into play. Yeah. Since you are a character that gets information, you can always do the thing where you like tell the group different information than what you actually learned. So, for instance, mm-hmm. if someone's bluffing something, they don't die to your ability, so maybe this is early in the game, and you learn their character, but you know that it's different from what they're bluffing, you can make sure they know that you're going to do that, mm-hmm. um, but then you can publicly confirm their bluff so that like you know if they're bluffing Sage or whatever, then the demon won't want to kill them, right. or if they're bluffing, or you know, vice versa, but especially if they are a sage and they're trying to get killed, you confirming them as something else is going to really make the demon want to kill them because not only are they some powerful thing that they're bluffing, but they're also being backed up as like a confirmed good player. So, yeah, it's, you know, and, and on top of that, like you can go to your demon. Uh, well, you know, if we're evil, I'll wait, I'll wait for a specific talk about evil, but I, I've got more things you can talk about. So, um, <laughs> almost there, almost there, almost there. <laughs> Why is it almost every SNV traveler is just more fun to play as evil than good? I know that's that's um, that's why people I think often think or travelers are often made evil too much because mm-hmm. a lot of them are really fun as evil. You know, I struggle with it, like with with Harlot and Baristas. Like, I want to be evil because I want to have that. You know, I want to have more tools in my storyteller pocket. Uh, but for the sake of balance and and the fact that you shouldn't meta Capelli. Uh, you know, yeah, I gotta make him good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would argue most of the time, but uh, yeah, I would argue. I, I would say probably eighty percent of your travelers should probably be good. Um, yeah, I know the rulebook recommends like, what is it like sixty six percent? Yeah, like and and, and also like you want to be like, oh, if you're a nine player game and the tenth player is the traveler, in that case, you usually want to make the traveler evil because then it's two on eight. Uh, and something like a harlot can just find evil teams so quickly. Yeah, and that's actually something with the harlot um, in particular. And I, I put this in the storytelling section, but I feel like they should often be more evil than most other travelers, because of the fact that they're adding direct information to the game. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's kind of it's a tell about whether they are evil or not. I think it's really like I already think that S and V is a bit skewed towards the good team winning. Um, For experienced players, another, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For beginners, it's a wild west of 
scripts. Uh, no idea what's going to happen. But yeah, for experienced players, I think it's a bit skewed towards good players winning. So adding in extra direct character confirmation is very strong. So I, for that reason, I would I would tend to make of of all the different travelers, the harlot's the one that I would make evil most often. Just that that can't be um, as reliable. But yeah, was there was there anything else you wanted to talk about with playing the harlot as a good uh, good harlot? I guess I could use this to segue into evil because I I have this bullet point under evil. Um, but I guess it it applies to whether or not you're good as well. So when we talk about characters that can cause death, other than the demon or demons that can you know kill multiple people at once. You want to be careful that you're not going to be robbing your good team of an execution, right? So, like, if most people are certain that uh, Andrew is the dreamer, like he says he is, do I necessarily want to choose him as the harlot and risk getting him killed when I don't think he's going to get executed, right? Like, if I'm picking somebody who's a viable execution candidate, then you're not really... You're speeding up the game, but you're not taking any authority away from the good team. But if I'm killing somebody who's fairly trusted and they say oh yeah sure why not now you're both dead then it's like uh that is somebody who we were really certain wasn't uh an evil or demon candidate so now it's like so that's something to keep in mind and that's something to think about when you're looking at uh a number like an odd number player count right so like if you've got nine players you're looking at a solid what that's four executions right or is it three that's three executions so if i really you know as the harlot kill the demon i'm either forcing people to vote and execute and with four people alive at the end of the game you know i'm, I'm taking away that execution so we're down to two now because of my action um yeah so so in general you'd want to be using your ability on people who you think are going to be executed anyway right because you kind of saved that work <laughs> right conversely as an evil harlot, and we can start talking about playing as evil now, uh, use that ability to remove the execution from the power of the good team. Uh, oh, we chose the dreamer, but I, you know, what, did they? Did they really? They chose this guy. We all trusted. That. I don't. Know, so now we can trust him, guys. It's okay. And people may be like, mm, you know, maybe that sounds good, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Since it is a killing ability, you just have to keep in mind. You have to treat it as such, even though you're not the one making the choice to kill. Oh, I did have actually one other thing about playing as it as good, oh. which I'm just noticing now. Hit me. Uh, this is something on the wiki that I saw, so I haven't ever tried this, but uh, I thought I'd throw it out there because it seems interesting. You can kind of metagame how long it takes in between targets, your targets deciding if they want to visit you. Um, so, like, after you choose someone, the storyteller is going to put you to sleep and then go ask that person whether they want you to learn their character or not. And... If they have a hard decision, like for instance, maybe they're an evil minion who doesn't want to die, but like they might they might take longer to decide or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a it's kind of a you know not super reliable point, but it is an interesting thing to think about. Just like your it's one it's one of the only characters in the game where you get woken, put back to sleep, and then woken again after after exactly one other player's decision. Right. Um. So so in terms of characters where you can meta how long it takes to uh wake you up in the night order this is this is one of the only opportunities where it's very clear exactly what you should be waiting for in between your ability Mm -hmm. but yeah of course the storyteller can also interfere with that by just waiting an extra long time (laughs) um but yeah so let's go back to evil so we were just talking about like i guess you would want to maybe do the opposite of that by not um by not 
killing someone that the good team's going to want to execute anyway? Yeah, yeah. So you keep that player alive. Oh, I thought we were going to pick that person. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, no, I did say that. Oh, now we got to execute him. And, and I mean, you know as the evil traveler that they're not the demon, so really do you care all that much? Hmm. I mean, sure, this SNV has the strongest minions in the game, but uh, food for thought there. Yeah, so, I mean, early on, there might not be that much direction. Maybe early on, you just want to focus on, like, trying to kill a powerful townsfolk. Yeah. What's nice about, I mean, Harlot in general is, uh, if you're evil, like, you can, you, you have autonomy to do what you want and make your own plays, right? And who's, yeah. I mean, you know you're not going for the demon, and odds are you won't go for a minion, maybe you will, uh, but I would hope a storyteller wouldn't eliminate two evil players at the same time if, like, evil's doing, you know, poorly. If, if evil's steamrolling, yeah. maybe that's a fine choice. But odds are, yeah, you can just like, just sort of pick people haphazardly. Oh, guys, I'm not going to be telling anybody who I'm going to pick, and that's just what I want to do, and um, please respect that. And people are like, that doesn't sound good, but I don't know enough about travelers <laughs> to dispute it. And I mean, like, as evil, you can, if you manage to kill off a powerful townsfolk, you can also just lie about them, uh, and it makes it so that even that confirmation isn't certain. Right. I, I mean, I have seen players be like, all right, well, I guess that means the traveler's evil. Right, uh, yeah. Or like, if you're like, oh, they're the Saren- they saw them as the Saranovas, but somebody's like, well, I'm currently mad right now, so I know that's bogus. They can't say that, yeah. but they could, you know, socially throw suspect onto you. Yeah, so it, it might not work, but at least like, you're either going to get to stay alive with the person and spread misinformation about them, or you're going to kill them, which is also pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't matter quite as much if if people don't believe you anymore because you're dead. And then you get to travel away. You show up, you kill somebody, refuse to elaborate, and leave. Yep, it's it's pretty good ability. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can also choose the demon, and even if they don't know if they can trust you, because obviously you know who they are, but they don't know who you are, uh, or they don't know that you're evil, if you choose the demon, and even if they refuse to visit you, you can always just lie the next day and say that, you, that you, they accepted your visit right. and that you learned who they are. And that's going to be one of, like, I think you mentioned that earlier, but that's a super strong way of telling them that you're on their team. And going up to the demon and be like, hey, I'm going to pick you tonight, just say no. And then go back to them the next day, say, all right, who else should I pick next? And then go to your, and basically hint, like, who's the minion? Go to that minion and say, I'm going to pick you tonight, choose no. And you can keep confirming the evil team without risking killing any of them. Then the third night, you pick somebody, they say yes, be honest about what you saw. Oh, I saw them as this, Mm -hmm. thus giving credibility to the last two people you chose. Well, of course they, I'm going to die in night three. I've already chosen the other two nights, and it had to happen at some point. You know, don't don't hedge your luck. If you keep clearing all the minions and you don't die, people are going to be like, why is the harlot still alive? Yeah. (laughs) Keep in mind, you can also choose yourself, which is... A decision, and obje- objectively, that is a choice to make. Yeah, I just wanted to throw it out there as a possibility. Uh, <laughs> it's maybe useful if you don't want to give someone the opportunity to say yes to you. I don't know exactly why you do that, but yeah. maybe you could. I've, then, like... I've I've had a harlot choose another traveler uh, early on in the game, uh, and these two players were clearly just like having fun having a good time uh so i killed them both for it um <laughs> and they and just my reactions to it all they just thought was the funniest thing and and really that's <laughs> what we're all you know tr- trying to have fun at the end of the day so i it's like i think my favorite interaction i've ever had with the harlot uh was how they was how they did that that was fun 
Nice. <laughs> um, you have a note in here that if you clear someone and then act shady later, it'll make your previous clears seem more suspicious. Right, so kind of like um, what I was just saying a minute ago, where you go to the demon, then you go to a minion, then you go, you pick the third person, and then you say have them say yes, and you... All right, well, that, that throws good credibility on the previous two picks. So inversely, if I go to the flower girl... Uh, and they say yes on the second night, and uh, no, nobody dies. And then the third night, I pick somebody, and let's say I pick the the philosopher, and they say yes, and then they died. I'm like, I saw them as the as the Nodashi. I know that sounds weird, but why would a demon? Why? And, and the philosopher's like, all right, kill me. That's really weird. And people are like, okay, so why would the, the harlot do that? Now they've traveled away. And the first pick of the flower girl suddenly, like, now they're good, too. You can throw a lot of suspect. I mean, and I've seen people disregard that and just be like, no, there's making a play. I trust the flower girl. I trust my social reads over whatever they were trying to do, which when you're evil is frustrating as all get out, uh, but totally viable. And, and, you know, it's just a lot of different ways you can play. And it really depends on the meta of your group, the experience level of your group, and uh, make sure that's how people enjoy playing. You know, some people can view like that's flat out lying as kind of upsetting. Um, I think most people are okay with it, but not everybody is. So you know, gauge your audience and, and your fellow players. Um, and of course, in my opinion, I think that's completely a valid strategy uh, and can be really upsetting to or really t- it can be really served to upset the balance of where the good team's at. Right, like if they're definitely on evil's tracks now, they start second guessing things. That's always what you want to do, especially as evil. You always want to be causing some doubt and confusion. Yeah, and I, th- I think the fact that people are going to expect that the players who die are good, just because like evil players are less incentivized to even want to visit with you in the first place. So I think the fact that people are going to expect dead players to be good. If you ever say someone who died is evil, um, that's going to make all of your previous picks seem very suspicious. So yeah, that's just, that's another way to do that is just wait until someone dies, lie about what they are, right? And then anyone who lived and you claim to have picked them, that's gonna yeah do that same thing. As an aside, Harlot's like one of the few travelers that I wouldn't mind like living to the end of the game, right? Because like if you let a an apprentice live to the end of the game, you don't know what minion ability they could have that could be yeah, damaging yeah. later. Um, but a Harlot can't do anything unless another player allows it. So, like, a harlot could pick a minion near the end of the game, and they could say... I guess, so I guess that's a concern. A harlot picks a minion with the minion and the demon still alive. The demon kills. You're all going into final four. The demon kill goes through. You die, and the minion dies, goes to final two. So I guess that's, like, the only scenario where I really wouldn't let the harlot in. But, like, otherwise, good players just say no to the harlot. Yeah, it's it's not, not the worst one to keep alive, for sure. Um, all right, let's go into the last little bit, which is just talk about some notes on storytelling with the harlot. I've already mentioned this, both of my points, basically, uh, but uh, it's a powerful information ability, and for that reason, I think that if it's a good player, if they're a good traveler, you should be using the death part of the ability liberally. Yeah. Take out a good player, let them confirm that good player. Uh, that's a lot of extra information at the cost of a death. It's pretty fair. Assuming that that character has gotten information, right? So, like, night two, picking a flower girl who hasn't gotten any reads on the on the nominations and votes, uh, and then it's like, uh, all right, they they were a flower girl. G- great. Yeah, but at the same time, if, they, if that flower girl chooses to visit with the harlot, they know they're taking that risk for relatively little benefit. So right. um, you might want to kill them anyway, because otherwise you're going to have that flower girl get extra confirmation later in the game like even though they don't have the ability yet so it's not like super strong right now 
you you lose your ability to do anything about it as soon as you decide not to kill them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically I would I would very often kill the first player they choose if if it's if it's a good player and very rarely kill evil players with it. And I already mentioned that I think that Harlot should probably be evil more often than most other travelers. Right. Uh, so then I guess the only other point that I put in uh, for storytelling is what else in SNV can result in multiple deaths in the night? You guessed it, everybody's very favorite minion, the Pit Hag. Uh, so how can you throw more confusion into the game and mess with your players in a fun way, of course, uh, than with a Pit Hag? A Pit Hag who makes a demon, as you know, all deaths are arbitrary up to the storyteller. So it's a fun thing to do. Um, Andrew, the harlot, has chosen Craig, the uh, flower girl, and uh, Pit Hag has made a new demon. I'll kill the Pit Hag, I'll kill Andrew... And I'll kill, uh, I don't know, some other person, uh, but not the person that Andrew's claiming to have visited. Throwing a lot of, like, okay, that kind of can give the harlot a lot of potential to claim to have seen anybody they wanted. Uh, it can give suspect into, you know, what did Craig really see? Are they really that good? Did we just kill a minion, an evil traveler who's trying to clear an evil player, and then also the philosopher's not- Lots of things you can do. It's just another reason why the pit hag can be a very versatile thing. Yeah, and that's that's especially good for an evil, evil harlot because the good one's usually just gonna like say what happened and then the good team will work it out. Right. Um, but that gives an evil one the latitude to lie about whatever they want and have competing narratives going on. Right. Or like if you can somehow coordinate more than one person to say they were visited by the harlot that night. Uh, sure, it's kind of like a similar, <laughs> like, a, 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 okay, two people are double-claiming, you know one of them's evil, right? In this case, two people are claiming to have visited by the harlot. Uh, the harlot is saying they visited one person. That makes the other person look kind of bad. Um, and again, yeah. make sure you're <laughs> playing with people who are, are, are chill with that sort of play. But, like, if I'm the storyteller and I hear evil trying to, like, to concoct that sort of story, like, that's the sort of play that I try to lean into to let evil run with it. Like, I really want to see how that plays out. Like, do they pull it off? Does there, if, if the evil team's communication is that solid, hell yeah, I want to I wanna see that through to the end. I want to see what they can come up with. And also, I mean, Pit Hag making yeah. Demon is always fun. Absolutely. You, you do have to, it's a little bit of a balance, though, since, like, often killing a traveler with the, the Pit Hag ability isn't necessarily what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Since you need to kill some number of good, or of, like, resident town, or some number of residents in order to balance the game out, but I mean, my players also know that I'm I'm I don't hesitate to kill five people in a pit hack change if I feel like <laughs> evil's going to lose for sure, right? Just to get to some sort of you know more of an interesting conclusion. So I, I you know kill people with the pit hack. I don't care, but we're not talking about the pit hack. I guess I I, I could go all day. <laughs> all right, um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about Harlot before we wrap up here? Uh, the more crude jokes, the better. <laughs> All right, I'll leave that one up to you. Uh, (laughs) All right, um, thanks everyone for listening, and thank you, Capelli, once again for joining me. Hey, it's always a fun time here, my friend. All right, hope everyone enjoys the rest of these Traveler episodes, and yeah, you'll hear from me in a couple weeks, or possibly in the second half of this episode. Jeez, I don't know how these work. Uh, (laughs) All right, talk to you later. And that was The Harlot. Our next character is the Butcher, another traveler from the Sex and Violence edition, whose ability reads, Each day after the first execution, you may nominate again. Alright, welcome back everyone. It's time to talk about the Butcher, and joining me to talk about the Butcher is Ed. Hey Ed. Hey Andrew. How's it going? I'm not bad, how are we doing? Doing pretty well. 
You ready to, uh, I don't know, like chop up some extra people? I mean, always, always ready for a bit. <laughs> I mean, I love the implication uh, that, that that's what the butcher's doing. Um, it's not that, that <laughs> like, technically they are murdering an extra person, um, but no one pays attention <laughs> to that bit. Like, everyone pays attention to the fact that oh, they're, what they're really doing is they're chopping up the body afterwards. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is weird that uh, for some reason the butcher allows the town to execute another person I, I guess like what this implies is that the thing limiting the town's ability to kill people is that is the lack of equipment or something yeah it's the rate of body disposal is what's limiting you to one uh, execution a day yeah <laughs> nothing else like <laughs> yeah so logically the cannibal should let you have an extra execution every day as well that's a good point yeah hmm maybe we should maybe we should not go too far down this road <laughs> All right, so um, the butcher. Let's talk about playing the butcher as a good butcher. I think that it's a fairly good-sided character because executions generally favor the good team since it is their way of killing. Yeah, um, I think that's generally true. Um, and therefore, I think a lot of players will try and take advantage of a butcher because, the, you know, it is an extra opportunity to, especially in SNV, to kill two players a day when you should only be killing one and so you get twice as much killing power as the demon it is that is amazingly powerful but th there is a there is a flip side to that in that you know the evil butcher is controlling those nominations and if they're controlling the nominations then town doesn't get well they, they do get a choice as to executing extra players but they don't get to control it in the same way so yeah it's it's, it's certainly interesting balance yeah I, I think that in general if like the town like what will often happen i think is that the town will come to a consensus on we want to execute these two people and then the butcher allows you to do that whether they're good or evil and in that case if there's a strong town consensus on that then perhaps the evil butcher's best play is just to not <laughs> like you know just, just to get themselves killed yeah um, i hear you want to nominate but i say no um yeah <laughs> yeah makes sense but for a good butcher, then you just obviously can go along with that. Or if you really feel strongly some other way, feel free to make another nomination. But in general, yeah, it's just like the ability to kill two people per day is really strong. Same same reason for Gunslinger is really strong is in TV. Absolutely. And that's it's just that like, you know, if normally if there's a double claim, it takes you two full days to kill both parts of that. But with a butcher, you can kill them both in the same day. And that also makes sure there's no time for like any kind of shenanigans in between with demon switching or anything like that. Absolutely, but yeah. So that so yeah, I agree with you that that makes it very powerful for town. If uh, if town is communicating well with their butcher and their butcher is willing to play along, then yeah, it's great. Yeah. On a more specific basis, I think that is the biggest the biggest weakness in many respects of the butcher is that um, there's certainly a habit in a lot of groups to not talk as much to a butcher as you would to other well not to a butcher but to travelers as you would to other characters because you know what character they are and you don't know whether they're good or evil so it's it's very easy to always look at who's available and go oh, i'll talk to someone else because i already know they're the butcher um i already know whatever traveler character they are um that just doesn't work with the butcher because if you turn around to a butcher publicly and go we'd like you to nominate this person and don't give them a reason you're not giving them any reason to do what you want them to do. And they might have had yeah. other conversations indicating that someone else is a worthwhile nomination. So I'd say that the first thing that this is kind of for the good players as well as for the butcher is <laughs> the butcher needs to be getting into conversations and the, the good players need to be remembering that they need to talk to the butcher in order to give the butcher information as to why they should be nominating and who they should be nominating. The, 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 
the great corollary of this for the butcher is that if you're talking to players and get finding out information and nominating based on that information, you're getting more trusted by default by dinner the fact that you're doing what town wants you to do. And you can always point to that. If you can always point to a, you know, a minimum of two, three people who had agreed that this is a good thing for you to do and you do that, that's a great defence down the line when it comes to people accusing you of nominating the wrong people. It's like, well, you know, this is this is what the information pointed out. This is what, what we agreed. And that that is your your best hope for looking good in many respects because there's not many other things that will make you look particularly good. Yeah, I think there's also like, it is a pretty powerful thing for the butcher themselves to be able to control who gets nominated because often the good team's going to want to just get that extra kill during the day and they will just execute whoever you nominate. So that's especially a good reason to make sure the butcher doesn't use their nomination badly and they should be talking to the whole town. And that also makes the evil butcher a little bit more powerful because there's sort of the implicit, like, just like the good team wants to kill extra people, so they should be going along with it. And that's something we can talk about as uh, as the evil butcher. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so I mean, carrying on from that, when you are canvassing those opinions, uh, you want the, you want to be doing that all day, ideally. Um, but you're especially grateful, as we've kind of brushed over already, uh, taking out both halves of a double claim, you're great. You get to just nominate the second one, get them killed. Perfect. If you're playing on custom scripts, this results in some interesting things where there can be multiple executions and therefore multiple cannibal undertaker type informations. Um, yeah. But in SNV, this is mainly useful for those double claim situations. Um, or when there's two people that are suspicious for specific um, combinations of information. Yeah. And it's also worth noting that uh, the characters who interact with executions, there are jinxes and stuff to make sure that you don't run into weird situations. Like the Undertaker can learn either of the characters who are executed. Yes. Uh, and the cannibal, I mean, the cannibal just says the last player who died by execution. So yeah, there's no jinx there. Absolutely. So the, the, the flip side of you being great for double claims, of course, is uh, evil twins. The last <laughs> thing... Yeah. That, that town wants to be doing and, and you know most experienced groups won't groups won't do this because they know that the order matters but the last thing that town wants to be doing is going oh we've got two twins we can execute both of them like, well that is true but you have to execute them in the right order and if you've executed one and the game didn't end the only reason to execute the second one is if you think that both players were evil and that they were bluffing twins rather than actually being <laughs> twins um, which you know does happen um, but uh, yes you should be especially careful of that um, having said that, it's not a horrendous thing to do, especially if there's any indication that potentially the twins were outsiders and it might be a Fangu game. Anything where that now confirmed good ex-twin, anything where they might still end up being a threat later, it can be worth using the, the extra nomination, but that certainly shouldn't be a default for a butcher. One thing the butcher does is that it lowers the value of executions. So like when you have situations like that where maybe you wouldn't want like maybe it's a low enough probability thing that you wouldn't want to waste the town's one execution for the day on it. It kind of makes it so that it's more worth it to do it because there are just more things that like meet the threshold of being worth executing <laughs> uh, when you have more available. Yeah, yeah, absolutely makes sense. It's also something you pointed out in the notes here is that if a Saranovas or a Mutant causes an execution for the day, the Butcher's nomination will be the only nomination for the day. Yes. Um, or it could be at least. 
And so in that case, you actually have quite a bit of power because then you're taking basically the one place uh, where the town gets to choose who nominates yeah, uh, or who, who is executed. It's also worth noting that you that's the town's only opportunity for like Flower Girl and Town Crier info, although the Town Crier won't get particularly good info, but... Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Flower Girl will. For Flower Girl, yeah. Yeah, um, and often I, I've seen this used as an argument for people who have been Serenovist or Mutants to actually come out because people go, you know what? We'd much rather have it confirmed there's a Serenovist in play, get yourself madness executed, and we can still use the Butcher nomination to kill someone we want to kill. We're not wasting the day, which you know makes a lot of sense um, in certain situations. So you can actively try and sell that if you think that that's something that will, will actually help the town. Yeah, especially in situations when you don't have like a really strong idea of two people you want to execute, but you do have a pretty strong idea of one person you want to execute. And maybe it's like, oh, you definitely want to execute them if there is a Saranovis, and like that confirms that worldview or something. Yeah. Yeah, then that's a perfect situation for this. Absolutely. Um, something else to be aware of while we're looking at minion abilities that can cause trouble for you. You're quite a good target. Well, I say quite. You're a very good target for a witch. Um, <laughs> if the witch thinks you're evil um, and they've not got someone they really want to get killed from the town, they can curse you and know that, you know, 95 plus percent of the time you're going to nominate and they'll just get to kill you like your nomination yeah. your nomination still goes through so you still get to vote on that but it but you know to a witch that's getting you out of the way conversely that's great for you because it pushes the world where you're good and yeah you've lost your ability but still you're a dead good player with a vote and you're much more likely to be trusted because you've been killed by a witch also confirms that there's still a witch in play which is can be really useful um and so you can work with that information so yeah don't don't yeah don't be reluctant to nominate just because you've seen evidence of a witch being in play that's great for you even if it's not necessarily perfect for town on on a grand scale but even then, if you're getting multiple people dying to witch and you're executing extra players every day, that town is going to diminish in numbers pretty quickly. So getting rid of <laughs> at least one of those two to prevent the date game ending before you're ready is probably a good idea. Yeah, and it's it's it, it could also be the case that like if you know there's a witch in play because you've seen someone die to it before and like somebody in the group suddenly points out, hey, the witch could curse the butcher. Wouldn't that be funny? Maybe you want to not ex not nominate after that day and just kind of like see if you can soak up the witch's ability so no one else has to be afraid of it, then start nominating again the next day uh, or something like that. Um, because if you are just alive and soaking up the witch targeting, that's a pretty good thing to be doing. Mm, it's certainly handy. There's no guarantee that it'll, you'll actually be doing that, though, because even as a traveler, even as a good player who's always going to be nominating... Uh, you're like as a traveler, you're still not necessarily the best target for a witch. Yeah, I think the thing to be wary of there actually is if you think there's good chances of you being witch cursed, make sure you're not nominating during the normal nominations phase and only on your own uh, yeah. nomination, because um, you you don't want to to nominate during the normal day and die, and therefore you don't get your post execution nomination for the day, especially if people were relying on that. So yeah, if you if you've got someone you want to nominate earlier in the day. Um, and this is just a general storytelling point, just something that people forget. The butcher can nominate normally during the day, and then they get to nominate again after the first execution. Those are completely separate. There's no the the, the butcher 
gets that extra bonus that they can basically nominate extra times and they can nominate someone who's been nominated today um so if you if you if, it, if a nomination's made and that player survives or it doesn't get enough votes uh, or that vote number is exceeded the butcher gets to go back and go actually we've rethought about this we want that person on the block <laughs> so they can go back to those so it's worth bearing that in mind both as as well as both alignments of butcher to be fair but also as a storyteller you need to remember that that is perfectly legitimate yeah that's something I never really think about is especially because like in most of the games I play I hardly ever see travelers actually nominated at all <laughs> yeah like even not just the butcher just like travelers in general I hardly ever see nominate I find it quite funny because quite a lot you will hear travelers use it as part of their defense oh you shouldn't exile me because I can still nominate and vote but realistically they never nominate so ba- so there's not really a threat <laughs> but uh no it is certainly true like travelers should remember that they absolutely are welcome to nominate and if they do it it's another way to get good to give good social reads to town if you're nominating people yeah. that the town wants executed especially in a sex and violence game if you're if you're witch cursed that's great if you're not witch cursed then and someone else is you're reducing the odds of a, of a townsfolk dying to a witch curse. Like, that's helpful in every respect. Um, so do it. That's a really good point. Yeah, that, that's something that, that goes for all of the travelers. That I don't, We haven't mentioned that in any of the other episodes, but that's a really good point. <laughs> travelers nominating is better in SNV. Yeah, it's really helpful. Except for Butcher, because you should be saving it for your, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, your extra in case you are witch cursed. <laughs> yeah, it can go a bit both ways on that one. But yes, it's handy. Um, I think the last one I've got on here is um, the other thing to be wary of with evil twins uh, for a good butcher is that if you don't if you execute a lot the game goes down to final numbers very quickly so if you're if you and town are both always executing outside of the evil twins and the demon is killing outside of the evil twins it can very quickly go sideways um, when you run down to too few players and you've basically got evils and the good twin left alive, at which point you're a little bit screwed. Um, like Technically, you can yeah. win, but it makes life very <laughs> difficult. So you want to be wary. When you're in the mid-game, you specifically should be the one that's tracking, right, okay, how does, how does the death count work with my nomination? Assuming that we execute every day, what happens? Do I still want to nominate today? Um, do I want to volunteer to be exiled so that there's not a risk of me nominating today? And then there's some tactics around the evil butcher, which we'll get to in a minute, which takes advantage of those things. Yeah, and as a good butcher, you should be trying to kill the demon anyway, so hopefully this won't happen. <laughs> yes, true. But yeah, that actually, that kind of brings up something we should probably talk about, which is like, SNV is a game with a lot of information, so theoretically more days in the game is better for good. And the butcher will cause there to be fewer days. Do you think the trade-off... How often do you think the trade-off is worth it? How often do you think you should be going for the butcher's extra kill? Um, it's interesting. It kind of depends how your group plays in terms of information. Um, a lot of information getting shared early, even if it's not specific to a player, if it's not, you know, Andrew is the flower girl and he says yes. Um, you know, if it's just there is a flower girl, they've got a yes. That sort of group don't mind the executions going relatively early because in SNV there is so much information early it if anything it peters out steadily um so you pushing that slightly faster isn't the end of the world um if you're in a group which quite likes to keep its information 
private for a while, then yes, you're going to be working on less information, but the information is going to be out there being gained, and therefore you're not going to have the same advantage to to pushing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I, f- I feel like in general, the execution is worth it, because <laughs> yeah, if good is killing two-thirds of the players instead of half, uh, that's just much more likely to kill the demon. Yeah. Uh, Even if you hit the demon by random chance, you still hit the yeah. demon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, let's talk about being an evil butcher. I think the biggest thing is like trying to make sure that whoever you're... Because the, 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 the player you nominate is fairly likely to be executed, obviously you should never no- nominate the demon. <laughs> and just try to like pick the the kill that you think is worst for the town without being suspicious that you <laughs> look are evil, I think, is kind of the, the general idea with being an evil butcher. Yeah, I think that's particularly powerful as an evil butcher because because of the, the social dynamic of the butcher where, um, unlike any other, any normal execution phase, if you, the butcher, nominate, there's no exceeding that number of votes. If that number of votes is enough, that person's executed, no questions. So, you know, in a, let's say you start in a, whatever it would be, nine-player game, um, town executes someone down to eight, you nominate um, after that person's been executed down to eight. As long as you get four votes, which, bearing in mind, is you plus two evil players plus one other person, mm-hmm. that person's getting executed. That that's That's it. There's no beating it. There's no tying it. That person dies. And... As an evil butcher, you get one or two executions of townsfolk, and you have done more of a job than most minions. Um, <laughs> you know, you think of the world. We celebrate when a witch gets two kills. Um, yeah. You know, we, frankly, a lot of people will celebrate if a witch gets any kills at all. And you, as a butcher, can often push through two, maybe even three executions of good characters knowing what you're doing as opposed to the semi-random chance of the of the witch kill it's it's amazingly powerful so never be afraid to just go for it at the end of the day the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get exiled after you've nominated someone that there was an evil push on and they die um you know it's not you still killed someone that wouldn't otherwise have died if you can manage to find a sage and you get them executed you're in a very happy place yeah exactly and it's just, yeah, you can do a lot of damage. And I think that one way you can make that happen and be less likely to get yourself exiled is if you do talk to a lot of people so that there are a lot of, so that it's like plausible that there are a lot of competing ideas about what you should be doing. So that if you make a decision that some people disagree with, you might still be able to get enough votes anyway. And it won't seem as suspicious. Yeah. And certainly, um, again, this is a, a social tool, but um, use town's words back to them when you nominate bearing in mind you're going to nominate you're going to get to accuse and then that player is going to defend themselves generally you can pick up at some point someone will have said something about a certain, you know that player you're nominating being suspicious for whatever reason that's why you're nominating them that's why you're trying to get them executed as the better you can do it repeating the accusation probably not quite verbatim but similarly uh, the more people react to that as long as they trust the person who said it initially mm-hmm. um you do get a lot of uh a lot of social trust out of echoing it's quite powerful and yeah like i say it's very easy to get those no- votes and for someone to die so you only need to convince one or two people 
and you are you are getting an execution you want. Having said that, by by contrast, <laughs> I have seen the butcher do the absolute opposite world, which I've really enjoyed, where the butcher pretty much played out at evil. Not like actively saying they're evil, but deliberately, despite the fact the town were like, we'd like this person to be nominated by the butcher, and they were like, no, I'm nominating this person instead. <laughs> and I think they did that on days one and two, and town were like, mm, no, we're really not happy about this. And then on day three, they nominated their demon, and town was like, right, we're just exiling them tomorrow. And the demon got zero votes. Um, I see. <laughs> and it was just this amazing sort of completely social play where everyone was like, right, we now trust all three of the people that the butcher has nominated because they were so <laughs> evil. Um, it can really work for you. Obviously, very risky because, like I say, it's very easy to get votes on one of your nominations. But at the point where you're already in a world where people are like, this is your last chance. You've got to nominate the person you, we want you to and you nominate someone else, that can really work for you. Your demon might freak out a little bit, though. So uh, ideally, if they know it's coming beforehand, that makes life a bit easier. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that's actually kind of an interesting thing, is that if somebody doesn't get enough votes to be executed by the butcher, it kind of makes it, no matter if the butcher's good or evil, it kind of makes it fairly likely that that person is evil. Uh, and this is something for the rest of the town to consider, because... Like like you were saying, there's no chance for someone else to like get more votes. So the evil team is a lot more incentivized to vote for things that the butcher does because their votes are just like worth more because they can't be overruled. Yeah, I hear that. That makes sense. Yeah, that, I so think that, that's... that's kind of an interesting thing to consider. Yeah, it's another nice little sort of social voting nomination execution type tool um, that I personally love um, paying attention to that gives you a lot of information based on how people choose to vote. So that, yeah, that's a really good point. I like it. One thing I thought of while we were recording this is that if there is a, a double claim situation, uh, and people will obviously want you to resolve that, uh, if you can kind of take charge and be like, all right, you execute this person today, and then I'll nominate afterward, and we'll kill this other person. If you can do that and get them to kill the good half of the double claim first, you can just not nominate that person, <laughs> and sure, it'll make you seem evil, but you're keeping them alive for an extra night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I get, yeah, get an extra night of potential chaos. And it's important to note that, uh, so I've put this as another bullet, but I think this sort of overlaps. Once that first execution has happened, town can't exile you before your ability works. There's no opportunity between um, this person is executed, you say I nominate whoever, they can't call for your exile in in there during that nomination because that nomination is going to get run and then they can call for their your exile if they like but mm -hmm. it's too late the nomination's been made so this can be yeah this exact tactic is amazingly powerful late game if you know you you've got a, 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 enough to have an evil voting majority and you you want to execute an evil t uh, a good twin or and things like this then you can just turn on town late game <laughs> yeah at the very least, you might create a situation where they have the they have, the good team has to use some ghost votes to stop you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Although no, because they can't even do that because they can't beat your number of votes. Because um, you're the only one who gets. Oh, that's true. Yeah, right. Because yeah, because there's no chance to stop <laughs> the butcher. Mm. Can't nomination. stop the butcher. That's a really good point. Although having said that, this is something that again is a storyteller point, but it kind of it's more of a concern for the good butcher and i forgot to mention it if there is a tie or no one is executed during the day you don't nominate 
again, it's specifically called out in the Butcher Almanac. So if during the day there's various votes and it ends up with a tie, Town doesn't get your nomination as a backup to resolve a Vortox, to stop a Vortox win. As soon as there's a tie and no one is executed, you don't nominate again. Your ability specifically says after the first execution, uh, after the first set of nominations. So yeah, if Town goes, it's all right, we can leave this tie and then we can execute that person that turns out to be the clockmaker from the butcher nomination. No, 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 that's not how this works. Um, if you, yeah, if there's no nominate, if there's no execution from the normal nomination phase, you don't get to nominate again. So you right. need to warn people of that for uh, for Vortox purposes. Yeah, and executing a dead player does count as an execution. So the butcher could still nominate after a dead player has been executed, which Absolutely. would be similar to a tie, yeah. but yeah. not the same. Absolutely. The last one I've got on the evil one here is you, more than almost any other traveler, uh, need to be coordinating with the rest of your evil team. Uh, if you, you know, S&V is the script where demons move. Um, S&V is the script mm-hmm. where other minions get to really cause chaos, but it's only if they're not interfered with. You need to know if the Fangu has jumped, you need to know if the pet hag has changed who the demon is. You need to know if someone is being Serenovist every single day and that's really helping the team. You need to know, you know, if if someone's going to be witched, who's likely to be witched so that you can make nominations that are going to play into that. You need to know what your evil team is getting up to so that you can play accordingly. Uh, you- Even just knowing who the minions are so that you don't accidentally get them killed. <laughs> yeah, that's always a good start. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's certainly noticeable that with a lot of the travelers, you can get you know you can get away with not knowing much. Certainly, the uh, the majority of apart from the gunslinger, the majority of the TB travelers, you can not have a clue who the minions are and what they're doing. You know, bone collector, deviant, harlot. You can yeah not know anything about any of the evil team. Um, not quite the same for the butcher because if you accidentally nominate yeah. someone who is now become the demon and no one managed to tell you uh you're in a very very sad place all right uh shall we move on to just storytelling in general for the butcher yeah um i think i think i've sort of uh, <laughs> dotted back and forth to some of these already it's worth remembering that the butcher doesn't have to nominate um they're offered the opportunity it's yeah people sort of get it very fixed in their head that it's a sort of we nominate and execute, then the Butcher does. But no, the Butcher ability specifically says you may nominate again. So they don't have to, they're just offered the opportunity. But you shouldn't let them prevaricate for long and give Town lots of time to ex- uh, to discuss. You want to be saying, are you going to nominate today? Give them a short, you know, 15, 20, 30 seconds at most to sort of quickly discuss with the group if they want to nominate and then if they're not going to you just end the day exactly as you would do if people weren't nominating in a normal execution phase but having said that all of the storyteller consultation or public uh, acting abilities can be done during this time as long as you as the storyteller are happy to rules as written it is legal I would completely understand it if a storyteller said I don't accept artist questions, requests for savant info, juggles, etc. during this time. Because realistically, if the butcher wasn't there, or if the butcher just turned around immediately and went, no, I'm not nominating, you'd just go to sleep. So it's completely reasonable to say, yeah, you've missed your chance for those, it's too late. Um, But it is technically legal, so feel free to allow that if you're happy for it. It's very much storytellers discretion on that one. What are your feelings about, like, let's say that somebody was going to join and they didn't, like, 
they didn't you didn't want to give them any choice in what traveler to play. You were just going to assign them something. When are the times you'd be more likely to put in a butcher? Um, because I, I feel like it's one of the ones that has a chance of maybe disrupting the balance of the game more than others. Um, for instance, if they join late and there's already a double claim that was going on. Uh, yeah. That could, that could be a situation where I would avoid putting in a butcher just because it's kind of like there's scripted play. If I'm honest, I would generally be reluctant to put a butcher in late. I think butchers are great characters for people who are going to be leaving early. They're not great for joining mid-game because generally joining mid-game the pool of people that people want to execute is reduced and therefore the risk factor for the evil team of those executions is massively higher and it's you're much more likely to get a very swingy butcher who's going to make make a choice that dictates the game in some respect so yeah. i'd be more wary of that the thing with the all of the other snv travelers i think can happily afford to come in late game. Certainly the Bone Collector is great late game. It's most interesting late game. The Harlot can be really good mid-late game because it gets to confirm someone. The Deviant is always useful, especially if you are having a slightly fractious game. But the Butcher, yeah, is is tricky late game. So I'd be certainly always be a bit wary of that. I'd be more inclined to have a Butcher from the start. I don't know if there's any specific game states where I'd want to put a where I'd want to put a butcher in versus not put a butcher in, because in many respects it just changes the meta of the game, like a chunk. Because you get that extra execution, it just changes the overall attitude of how players are going to play that game. Yeah. So it's not that it interacts; it interacts quite well with certain other characters, but it's not that it's a it fits in with these characters and doesn't fit in with those. It's more a, just the whole sort of angle that the game is going to take is just slanted a bit by the butcher coming in yeah the only other real consideration i can think of is maybe an evil butcher would be more effective in a game with fewer outsiders because fewer outsider games have a higher proportion of evil players and so you'd get those executions pushed through like one vote more easily in a seven player game versus a nine player game yeah I think but that's that a sense. that's a pretty minor thing <laughs> so probably not even worth considering no, but I hear that it, it's it's sort of all all that sort of thing that plays into your decision making. They're just minor considerations that all you know you can bear in mind if you've got the time or sanity for it. Yeah, and also in higher player count games in general, there's like a lower proportion of evil players. I think so. Like in a fifteen player game with four evil players plus the butcher, that's five evil votes and eight are needed to execute on that first day. So there's a differential of three there, whereas in a nine-player game, there's only a differential of two. But, like, <laughs> again, that's not a huge difference, but... Yeah, there's something something to potentially think about when you're putting a butcher in. Yeah. All right. I think that about wraps us up here. Yeah. And this will probably be the last part of the episode, so I'll end the episode here. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> And if this is the middle of the episode, sorry for the weird non-outro outro. outro. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ed. Cheers, Andrew.